joined today by Tom DeLong, author, director, writer, <laughs> songwriter, UFO researcher, man. You just love staying Everything. busy, don't you? If I was to like describe you, I'm sure there's like a lot of things you do too, you know, but with, pe with people that are kind of in the public eye, they do more than the one thing they're known for. They're always like baffled. They're like, he reads, he eats dinner, he, <laughs> you know, but I'm into a lot of stuff, you know, I'm a multi-layered, like an onion or something. Well, we're here today to talk life forms. Uh, ben and I both listened to the album. We both enjoy it. Uh, we were having a conversation before you joined about your influences for this band. Um, sure. You, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what you were thinking, what was in your heart at the time? When we started Angels? No, no, no. When you started this album. Oh, the album. Oh, um, you know, I, I felt like a good way for us to grow would probably be, you know, I, I wanted to go back to my roots a little bit, so... I was kind of revisiting a lot of the stuff that I grew up on, a lot of stuff that I was doing myself. So it was kind of this mixture of where would Blink go or what would Blink sound like in the future or what would Boxcar Racer sound like in the future? But then really like what's a deep intentional dive into, into something like The Who, Depeche Mode, The Cure. Um, so all these things <laughs> on there kind of came out like that. So now we have like this like really diverse album um, that's kind of celebrating all the different styles of music I grew up loving, like from New Wave to Punk Rock. So I'm like pretty happy with it. You know, it's, it's, I think it's the most diverse thing I've ever done. And that's, that's hard for a simple punk rock kid like myself. Ben and it's I, like a, it's like a progressive modernization of uh, sort of post-punk synth new wave rock pop stadium, sort of uh, Depeche Mode, U2, uh, New Order, keeping that sort of punk rock ethos attitude, even though your music has sort of changed over the years. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. no, that was it. I mean, like new order. I mean, they were, you know, they're like a punk band that got like their first keyboard. So everything's like really simple and just like to the point and just cool and has an edge and still sounds like they can barely do it sometimes. And I love that charm. Maybe I just relate to it. But I still feel like I can barely do it. I'm like, fuck, this is hard. Music's hard. <laughs> Tell yeah. me from, from 2005 to 2015. I mean, if it wasn't blink, it was angels and airwaves. I mean, back and forth. I mean, you didn't stop. Uh, tell me first off when forming angels and airwaves, was there a void with blink? Was there a specific reason why you needed to form another band? Um, no, I, I blink could have done any kind of music. Um, I think they probably would have been open to all that. And they, they always pretty much were, I mean, it's more like, what am I able to, at that time, it was more like I wasn't around my family enough. Like we were touring so much and there was like, there wasn't a balance for um, like my daughter was two years old and I was gone for all two years of her life, you know? And I, and I was like, I really need a break. I really need to go home and be a dad. And then they started booking more stuff. Even after we agreed that we're taking it, it was just insane. So we weren't all communicating correctly. I wasn't either. It's not like I wasn't the right or something. I just think we were all exhausted and all wanted different things. Um, and we were growing as people and, um, but musically what happened was, is when I left Blink, I knew that I wouldn't be able to redo something like Blink. I, I knew that that was like lightning in a bottle. I was like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how to do that again. So Jennifer Love Hewitt, for baby. Me, you know, well, <laughs> pretty much, you know, I, but I was like, let's just do, uh, let's, let's do something that's, that's really ambitious. It's totally different. And that's where the idea of transmedia and, and, communicating larger themes on multiple formats and um, making it more of an art project centered 
uh, thing than just a band, you know? And so um, that's what I set out to do. That's, and then that's how we discovered all, all this other stuff, you know? At the time that Blink formed, there was this real wave of this post hardcore scene in San Diego where you guys are from. Uh, yeah. were, were you influenced by that in forming these side projects? Oh yeah. Yeah. So in San Diego, there was a very kind of post hardcore kind of thing happening, especially on the label that Blink first started on. So we were on a record label called Cargo Records and there was a whole bunch of albums that were dropping bands on that, on that label that were like, you know, drive like Jehu and Tanner and Fishwife, all these like really cool bands that were reminiscent of like, for people that wouldn't know, like Fugazi and stuff that was coming out of like DC on um on i guess what was that discord records that you know i can't remember it's been a long time but in any case um so that was happening a lot but we were really deep in the, the pop punk scene and the southern california punk rock scene with the descendants and no effects and bad religion and all that kind of stuff but um when i did boxcar racer i was very much like intentionally like okay i really want to visit this other branch of the punk rock tree i climb out on this branch and see if it <laughs> holds me over it breaks you know and then I found while doing that album that uh, I just, it really worked for, for my musical sensibility, the dynamics of it, um, the, the edge, you know, um, and so on. And so a lot of that made its way to this new Angels record, Lifeforms. When, when you were discussing your influences for Lifeforms, all the bands you mentioned were the bands that Ben and I heard while listening to the album. With the exception of, uh, in Euphoria, I heard Rush. Well, a lot of people say that because we have this that filter sweep sound. But the funny thing is that Tom Sawyer kind of sound thing, I've actually been like tucking that into a lot of Angels and Airwaves songs over the years. But a lot of times it's kind of just tucked into a guitar or something just to make it sound a little bit more futuristic. But it's super featured on this song. And, um, and I, it's cool. I mean, that song's epic. That Rush song is kind of iconic, you know, so... I'll take it. Whatever, whatever kind of cool things people say, I'm in. I'll take the compliments. Spellbound was uh, the obvious sort of uh, hit for me. That's got hit written all over it. Uh, that song is like transfixing. It's got sort of catchy phrasing. Um, reminds me like verse-wise of Wonderful Life by Black. I don't know if you know that band, that old band. But um, in my place, sort of Coldplay chorus, it's just got that appeal, uh, that Spellbound. So even the lyrics in that song, like, um, I'm a thief who would think it was fun when you sleep, your alarm's undone. Like you're a brilliant lyricist and you've got all these sort of themes wow, of wonder, wonder and mystery all sprinkled through the album. It's like you're, you're calling all of these things around you that you're noticing in your life and you're sort of unapologetically speaking to them and, you know, uh, pinpointing them. Um, yeah. Do you like that track Spellbound? Is that one of your favorites on the album? <laughs> Yeah, you know, first of all, thank you for all the nice things you're saying. Um, I do love that song because for me, that's like this intentional Depeche Mode thing. You know, like I, I, I really grew up loving Depeche Mode and, um, and, but it's different. I still need it to kind of like fit my sensibility and so on. Um, you know, the lyrically I've gotten better over the years. I always do that last because it's not something that comes supernatural to me. I, uh, maybe it's as hard as it, it, as it is for me for other artists. But I look, you know, you might read like a Radiohead lyrics or something. You're like, God, those are like really good and really poetic. Like, the fuck is he smoking over there? But um, hey, hey, Doug, I, don't know. I, said, I said Radiohead, didn't I? You did say Radiohead. <laughs> Sorry, uh -huh. mate, keep going. 
No, it's fine. I, I, you know, but I appreciate you saying that. I'm very much full of wonder. Like I'm crazy. That's like my mo- the movie that comes out with this Monsters of California is like all about wonder. And I, I've been saying that like unapologetically everywhere. Like you got to be yourself. You got to be full of passion. You got to search and discover what this is all about. Don't get stuck in your jobs and traffic and the mall on the weekends, you know, like spend your time really digging into who you are, what, you know, human life is really all about and you'll start to find these little nuggets of inspiration and sanity you know and then you start applying it to your life and and it'll take you somewhere and I really kind of use that as inspiration for all the art that I do um and that allows me to be a lot more diverse take a lot more risks and explore different types of music uh, landscapes that most kind of punk bands would never do you know um because to me I learned a long time ago that it's not really like it's just not about the music sounding punk rock. It's really about your willingness to stand up for who you are, the life you want to live and doing it. Yeah. And the attitude, you know? So, um, you know, I don't know, try to, I try to stick to what I want to do and not what other people want me to do, you know? Yeah. John John Lennon once said, um, let's project our own future. Let's imagine a nice future. Um, I was going to ask you how, how important is that? Not just in our lives, but with music. Super important. I mean, you have, I mean, nothing, what people don't understand about physics and what they're not understanding about consciousness is all life is, is the manifestation of consciousness. Like there is no linear time. Everything past, present, and future exists in parallel. It's all at one moment. The only thing that allows us to traverse the manifestation of all of that is your mind as an antenna. You're tuning into whatever path you want. Um, and that's by what you envision and what you see and what you imagine. And then you could follow. If you have no imagination, then you're living numb and you're a robot. And um, that's not why you're here. So I, I really can recognize what you just said about how Lennon said that. I think it needs to be carried through our art and our, mu- our music and our movies and so on. But even in our everyday lives. Tom, was there a heavy Beatles influence in your life? No, uh, there wasn't. Um, it seems like everyone else has that, you know, my parents and listening, my mom listened to like church music. My dad listened to sports radio. My brother listened to punk rock and he handed me those records. And I was like, this shit's good. Like I can relate to this. And I was into skateboarding. Man. I was like, I'm, that's just a big part of my life, you know? So um, I never had somebody saying, check out the Beatles or Zeppelin or queen. And like, what about like, later? In, what about later in life? Oh, that's, that's my drummer, Alon. Like now Alon is like, fucking blasting those bands at all times you know but i kind of get the cliff notes from him like i'll say okay what about this or this or this you'll say okay it's like this and this is what they're doing and then, you know so then i can kind of get caught up pretty quick you know and and the funny thing is though a lot of the bands you even mentioned and the even the punk bands you grew up listening to probably had an influence from lennon and mccartney oh for sure i mean yeah i mean even the descendants uh which is kind of like my my number one go-to punk band i mean they it's in their songs you know, he's got a song where he says, you know, he's Milo, the singer was, was, was singing about like leaving his home and just go fishing and putting on his Beatles tape, <laughs> you know. As, as an artist whose mission is to sort of turn people onto the, into their consciousness, how, how do you feel about the message of songs like All You Need Is Love and, and things like that? So it's just super important to me, you know, um, it's funny because singing about love is like, okay, love, you know, love, you know, I fought love with somebody or whatever. It seems like such a feminine energy, but 
love really the way I use it. And I don't say this enough, which that's fine when you fall in love. I do sing about love with like falling in love with a girl or something or whatever. But when I called my albums love, we made a movie called love all that. That's called consciousness. So love is like when you fall in love with someone, you want to bring them to you. You want to be a part of them. You want to like make you want to be with them at all times. It's two things coming together where that's what consciousness is. That's what unified mind is. It's, it's, it's one source where everything comes together. And when we come down here, we kind of don't have that ability to remember who we are or where we come from. We feel like an individual. So we have this yearning for coming together with people and coming together on things. And that's why um, I think it's really important that we rediscover that. And they are now, even at the PhD level and clinical trials, uh, double-blind experiments, they're learning about consciousness and its effect in groups of people that are all meditating on the same thing or trying uh, energy healing, which is totally working, um, or even the, the famous double um, slit experiment where conscious, they, were, they were shooting one photon at a time through one of two slits on a plate. And they found that the only time the photon went through any of those two slit, slits was when the observer was observing it and thinking about one, one of the slits or the other. So what they're going is, oh, my God, like, you know, they go, does a tree make a sound when it falls in a forest and no one's there? They're like, no, the tree doesn't even exist until someone is there to observe it. That's physics. This is like nothing is real until you allow it to be real. And they're learning this on like a microscopic level, you know. So um. I just think there's a lot for us to feel and, and energized by and empowered by. And I, and I try to put that in my songs as best as I can, like the one you mentioned, but I think it's going to do a lot more of a service when I put them in some of the larger films that I'm working on now. And that's your, that's your next thing. You're, you're, you, I, cause we already established you don't sit still. So now you're, you're doing more films. Sitting still right now. I'm like really, <laughs> talking to us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, these are all long-term projects and, um, the first movie's coming out probably first quarter next year. And that goes with this record, but there's like, God, I have like another 10 more and, but they're not all happening at once. You know, some of these will take years to make, you know, so, but I promise that I should always have something happening. I look so, tired. I'm staring at myself in this fucking window and I'm like, my eyes look tired. I went to bed at like five last night. Don't talk to me about tired, man. It's like 6.15 over here in Australia right now, bro. <laughs> I'm on my, See, my second coffee, bro. Oh, this is in the morning. What, what part of Australia are you in? Uh, Canberra. So it's about three hours from Sydney and about six hours from Melbourne. Got it. Been there. Um, yeah, so uh, 22nd of August, 1974. Let's shoot back. Um, John Lennon has a UFO sighting in New York. Um, as a sort of uh, leader in sort of UFO uh, information at the moment, uh, did you know that fact that he, he in, in New York, he, he looked up and saw a UFO and was literally, you know, quoting it in some of his songs and he's like, I definitely saw it. I have heard that. I don't know much about it, but I have heard that. And that's not a unique thing for artists. Um, a lot of artists that have experiences like that, but these things are very real. They're everywhere. They're happening worldwide. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Tom DeLong, dude, I appreciate you joining us today. Don't forget, Angels and Airwaves on tour now, and the album Life Forms also available now. Tom, appreciate your time, man. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it, and have fun down there in Oz. We'll see you soon. Cool. Later. Cheers, mate.